it's it's a privilege for me to stand here in in our pastor's stead and <clears throat> somebody told me a long time ago that <clears throat> when I was a new convert <clears throat> that if you want your pastor to really preach to you then you better really pray for him and I had to think about that for about that long right because it, it makes sense but you better lift your pastor up in prayer if you if you want him to hear from God so that he can bring a word from God to you because he's the vessel that God has sent to be in that position as a shepherd and so it behooves us because who's the enemy going to come after probably more than anybody is the shepherd you can the bible says if if you smite the shepherd what sheep will scatter amen so we need to I don't know if real sheep pray for their shepherd, like real sheep, but we are the sheep of his pasture, and he sends us shepherds, so I'm going to keep praying for my pastor, my shepherd, amen, because he's the one that God has ordained to be here to lead us, right? So it's to your benefit, spiritually. Amen. Amen. So I'm thankful for God has always put a man of God in my life. Amen. To help me. Men of God in my life over the years. Some of them are still there in in different roles, but they're still there as mentors and things like that. And those that's good that you have somebody that, as I heard one preacher say, that can tell you no. No. That's what a, a good mentor will do is not just be a yes man, right? But they'll disagree with you and say, no, 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 you, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that or whatever. So, praise God. We're talking about the new birth. And we're just going to continue on. I'm going to kind of pick up on page two there where Brother Parker, I feel like, kind of left off there and so we're going to jump right into this and we're going to go into the book of John chapter 3 verse 1 through 6 kind of the the theme scripture for this this month's lesson on the new birth no John chapter 3 verse 1 through 6 amen thankful for my sound booth person tonight. Amen. All right. So we're talking about the new birth tonight, right? People out there today have questions about the new birth. They might hear us talking about it and they might be just like Nicodemus, hungry enough to want to know, but not able to quite understand it, not able to quite get it. And so Nicodemus, privately, one of the Pharisees, came to Jesus by night. He had to sneak around by night that he was hungry enough to to put his life on the line, basically. Because, you know, there was a handful of Pharisees that were believers in Jesus, but they didn't. They kept it kind of private from what I read. And so... 
he came to him by night and said, there was a man of, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He's a big, important guy, right? The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi. Now, he, he called him Rabbi. So they saw him. Rabbi wasn't just a term they just, just flung around willy-nilly, right? You, when you were a rabbi in those days, you had followers. Most rabbis had followers that, like the, pro, the young prophets that followed the, the older prophets around, they were their understudies, and they wanted to learn things from the older prophets, and so they followed them around, like Elijah did with Elisha, right? I think I got that right. Yeah. Yeah. The S and the J. J comes before S. I guess. So this guy, this guy recognized him as a rabbi, as a very, you weren't just, you couldn't just be called a rabbi. You couldn't just like self-title yourself. I think I'll be a rabbi. It's like saying, I think I'll wear the title of doctor, like a doctorate degree. No, you can't do that. You can, right? But it doesn't mean anything. But they saw him as a rabbi, and he says, we know. So he's kind of speaking for the whole group. (laughs) Not I know, we know. That thou art a teacher come from God. That was saying a lot for a Jew to say that. I'm sorry if I slow down and break this down, but I just, I think about this stuff. It's just, I don't want to just kind of run over it, you know. You're a teacher come from God, and we, 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 we hold you in esteem, and, and we value what you say. For no man can do the miracles that you, that you do except God be with him. Can't, you can't deny the miracles. God's got to be with him. They might not have liked some of his methods, but they had to admit that he somehow was from God or God was with him or something because nobody does that stuff. You know, that's not like magic tricks, right? And Jesus answered, and, you know, Jesus loved the Pharisees. He loved them as much as he loved the guy in the ditch. And so he loved him, and he he wanted to help him. So he was fixing to give him some nuggets. Anybody ever received nuggets of truth, things that, like, you didn't understand it before, and it was just like the light came on? Anybody ever been there? Many times, right? Hopefully, more than one. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't see how a military person lives unless you go through that. I'm going to make that reference because I've been there. It's easy to stand on the outside and look at a military person and say, wow, they look cool in that uniform and they're very disciplined. And, but you don't really understand it till you've lived it, till you've been there, done that, right? Ah, I see. I understand after eight weeks of boot camp or 13, whatever the case, why they act like they do. Now I understand, Right? Go back to that previous one. 
except a man be born again. He didn't really answer Nicodemus's question. He just kind of, he went right to the root of what he knew Nicodemus was really there about because Jesus knew their thoughts. Does he know our thoughts tonight? That's why that scripture says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Because he sees it all, he knows it all. You're not hiding anything from God. And Nicodemus wasn't, he was trying to sound really intellectual, but he wasn't, he wasn't able to hide his true heart from Jesus. And Jesus was answering him because he knew what he really wanted to know. Except a man be born again, and then <clears throat> cannot enter in the kingdom of God. Let's go all the way through verse 6, and then we'll. So verse 4 says, Nicodemus saith unto him, he's trying to understand it. How can a man be born when he is old? He's, 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 he's trying to get it with his brain and his natural mind. Okay. Can he enter into time in, a second time into his mother's womb and be born? He's scratching his head going, what does he mean? Jesus answered, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He give him a little bit more nugget, a little bit more truth. He cannot enter. First you can't see. Now you can't enter into the kingdom. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. All right? So, born of the flesh. Is he just talking about a natural baby being born out of a natural mother? It could be. Right? Because flesh, the flesh of a mother who <coughs> conceived bore the flesh of a child, right? So in the natural, he could be talking about <clears throat> born of the flesh. But I think he could be also talking about born of the flesh in the sense that a product of man's teaching, right? So you could almost kind of say that somebody that goes to a secular college and learns secular things from secular professors, and they become understudies of those professors, you could say that they're born of the flesh, right? Because it's all fleshly knowledge, carnal, human, intellectual knowledge. There's no spirit involved in that, right? Well, there is a spirit, but it's not the spirit. It's another spirit, especially today, right, in our colleges and universities. And so... Not slamming our college and university, but it's true. There's just a very strong agenda that, that they're producing some stuff. But that born of the flesh is man's way. It's man, and, and the concept here is that he's trying to say is that man can't save himself. Nicodemus, you can't save yourself. Did Jesus crucify himself? Can you imagine trying that? First of all, he went to Jesus, he went to God and said, We just sang that song, right? Not my will, but thine be done. Never the, before that he said, Nevertheless, 
What was he saying? What was he praying? He was trying to get out of it because it was going to hurt, right? He probably had seen some crucifixions as a man before that time, and he knew that was going to hurt when they drive those nails through your, right here on your wrist and through your feet. He, he knew, he'd seen, he felt pain. He knew what pain felt like, and he knew that was going to hurt. And so there's no way you would even try to crucify yourself. I know in some countries in South American places they actually crucify people. But they don't crucify themselves. They don't hang themselves on a cross. Somebody else does it. Right? Jesus didn't put himself on the cross. This world put him there. Right? So born of the Spirit then is man had nothing to do with it. Right? Other than you have to just submit to what whatever the plan of salvation is, you do have a part, but you don't save yourself. This is this is what you got to do. Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So the born of the Spirit is God's way. It's and only God can save and deliver. We can't save and deliver ourselves. If we could do that, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't need this word. We wouldn't even need to be here. We could just save ourselves and move on. And if you can save yourself, you've just made yourself your own little God. So we can't save ourselves. We can't deliver ourselves. Only the one that created us can do that. Strong says that it means to be born again means to be born from above. It speaks of a spiritual conception. We're all adults for the most part in the room. We know what happens at conception. Right? A little while after that, they they go in and do ultrasounds and they take little pictures and you can... What do they call that? Now, a reveal. You can can reveal what it's going to be. Because they can take pretty detailed pictures 3d pictures of what's inside there so when we were born again we were conceived again by the holy ghost by the spirit of god so we had to go through the birthing process all over again right to be born from above it was a spiritual conception and who was our father Our Heavenly Father, right? It was our mother, the church, right? So we're we're not disciples of the man that stands in this pulpit, are we? We're not supposed to be. We're supposed to be disciples of who? Jesus Christ, right? What did he say? Making disciples of men. He, he raised up 12 men, and he said, go out there and be fruitful and multiply spiritually, right? I was told a long time ago, don't follow a man. Follow the message. When you start following the man, when something happens to the man, oh, that would never happen. A man of God never falls. Right. 
or some or that man leaves, now what do you do? You've been following the the wrong thing all along. What does that make you? Born of the flesh, right? My pastor can't save me. I'm sorry. My pastor in Okinawa didn't save me. He took me down to the water. He he called the name of Jesus over me in water baptism. Right? But he didn't save me. He just did what he was he obeyed the, the scripture. He obeyed the the salvation doctrine, the experience. He did what happened to him. Who was baptizing people on the day of Pentecost? Probably they were baptizing each other. There was 3,000 people. Twelve guys didn't baptize 3,000 people. It would have taken weeks. That's not, not, that's not counting if they, didn't, if they got the Holy Ghost when they come out of the water. And You've seen that before, right? That, that could go on for five or ten minutes. So, you know, you're killing somebody else's baptismal time if there's only 12 guys doing it. So, but it's being born from above. And in that under D there, uh, it says, it partially quotes Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. And you can go there, Carol. But it, it says, a new heart will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. We're going to go read that. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. A new heart also will I give you. This is God speaking to the people of Israel through the prophet Ezekiel. Is the, is the word of God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is all scripture given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness? Right? So we can apply this. A new heart will I give you. Didn't he give us a new heart? I'm not telling you all anything you don't already know, right? We're really, what we're doing when we're talking about the new birth is we're just rehashing something we already know, right? But you know, I've been been in telecom for almost 40 years, and I'm still learning stuff about my job field that I didn't know. You never know it all. And it doesn't hurt to rehash some things. There are some aspects of my job that I don't do every day and all the time. So I get a little rusty at that. Anybody been there? You get a little rusty, but you still you might not have ridden a bike for a while, but if somebody brought one up here, and you could probably get on it and ride it because you've done it before. You just might be a little rusty and a little wobbly at first, but after a while, you know. I used to ride my bike all the way from my house to the pool when I was growing up without touching the handlebars the whole way. Make all my turns and everything, just leaning, and I wouldn't try to do that. <laughs> it would not be pretty. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying. I could still get on one and ride it. So a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And, I, and give you an heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. <laughs> right? Does that sound like our new birth experience? It sure does. 
Jameson Frosett and Brown commentary says a new heart is talks about the mind and the will. We have a will, right? God gave us a free will, the ability to choose, right? Did he not? He sure did. And in, in the same commentary, it says a new spirit talks about our motive and principle of action. Okay? So, what we allow to dictate to our mind and will drives the motives and principles that cause us to act in a certain way. Does that make sense? You know, to whatever we allow to minister to us and dictate to us, whether it's the world, whether it's no, whatever it is, whatever we choose to, to follow, I guess if you want to put it that way, whatever whatever mindset, whatever principles and things that we allow into our mind will affect our will and it will affect our decisions and it drives the motives and principles that cause us to act in a certain way. Right? So having the Word of God hidden in our hearts has an effect, doesn't it? Whereas if you look at your life before that, but whatever was driving your thoughts and your emotions and all those things in your life was driving you to live a different way, right? So... Some guy used to sing this song one time and said, you're going to have to serve somebody. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. So it's a matter of who we choose to serve. Right? The same Jameson, Frosset, and Brown commentary talked about that stony heart that we just read about, and it said... That a heart, it's a heart that is unimpressible. Like the stony ground that is unfit to receive a seed and bring forth fruit. Right? You can't grow plants on concrete. Right? They might pop open, but there's nowhere for the roots to go. And so that's what a stony heart, it's unimpressible. It's, it's hard, like hard ground. It sounds like a an unteachable heart, doesn't it? The New English Translation Bible notes state that this stony heart symbolizes a heart that is stubborn and unresponsive. So just think about your life since you've had your new birth experience. What God has done to your heart. We can't do surgery on ourselves, can we? A little. Like if you get a splinter in your thumb or something, you can do a little minor surgery on yourself, right? And pull that thing out of there with a pair of tweezers, right? Is that right? You don't need anybody there. You just go in the bathroom by yourself so your wife doesn't see you cry and you pull that thing out of there. Right? Right? No, we don't. Men, we don't cry. So, but we can't do detailed and intricate surgery on ourselves, right? We can't. 
we got to have God did something to our heart. Think about the Apostle Paul. Well, we'll go there in a minute. So that same commentary, that Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown commentary says that a heart of flesh is an impressible, docile heart that is fit for receiving good seed. It symbolizes a heart that is responsive and obedient. So think about that. You went from unresponsive and cold and hard like stone to a, to a, a heart of flesh. And it was a supernatural miracle that took place. Think about it. We cannot give ourselves a heart of flesh. We can want to, but we can't. We can't do surgery on ourselves, just like we can't crucify ourselves. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Someone else does the crucifying and the saving. Our Heavenly Father is the one that removes the stony heart, and he gives us a heart of of flesh. You know, Paul, when he was on that road and on that at noon on that day when that bright light that was brighter than the sun came along and blinded him and he fell to the ground and he couldn't see and and he heard a voice talking to him and he said to that voice yes lord which and for a Jew to say that is like saying yes jehovah yes adonai yes i am god and what did he say to him? Why do you why are you persecuting me? And so Paul had scales put on his eyes. Right? That's what we it's kind of how we see it, but what happened when when Ananias came to baptize Paul, what happened? The scales fell off. So Paul went from a stony heart that, that was a miraculous event that took place. Paul didn't save himself. Those guys that were with him didn't know what to do. That was a totally new experience to them. But when the God-called man came and did what he was told to do by the Holy Ghost, something happened to Paul's life that changed him forever. When I came out of that water in the East China Sea in October of 1989, after being baptized in Jesus' name, something was different. And I I really still can't totally put my finger on it, but something's been different about me ever since that day. Something happened. God did surgery on me. But he's been doing surgery on me for the last 30 years. And I don't ever want him to stop. I want him to get everything that's in me that's not like him out of me. And that's, if you think about that for a second, God's listening right now. And he just heard what I said. It's not the first time I've said it, though. Right? I hope that we're all praying a prayer like that. 
Make me in your image. Make me in your likeness. Put me back on the wheel if you have to. Turn me around and again and again. Mold me and make me in your image and in your likeness. Amen. The new birth, you're not just born, right? In the natural. Oh, there's a baby. Hallelujah. Set it over there. Let's see what happens. <laughs> they don't do that. They, some do. There's a story here recently about a guy that his mother literally put him in a dumpster. Literally. Left him in a dumpster. He's a grown-up adult now. And some guys, some men, found him in the dumpster and took him out of there. And I don't know the whole story, but he's a millionaire or something like that today. He invented something, and now he's, right? Isn't that what God did with us? Took us out of the dumpster. The world just, you know. So when when you raise a child, you, that's what you do. Jesus had a mother. Jesus had a father, a natural father and a mother. And they raised him just like in any other child in the natural in that day. Right? He had to be obedient and submissive to his mom and dad. And I don't know if he got spankings or not, but... You know, whatever they did, they raised him. It doesn't just happen automatically, does it? Just because we have a new birth experience doesn't mean just everything just magically happens in our life. We just kind of sit back and watch it all unfold, right? I know the song says when God unfolds the rose. But that's God working in our life every day, every day. I can tell you that <laughs> the stuff, that, that God has showed me 30 years ago, I didn't know that. 20 years ago, I didn't know that. 15 years ago, I didn't know that. He's brought me along in steps and in a process. And we're still in that process. And we, and we want to be in that process. And as I said earlier, I'm rehashing stuff that we already know in this room. Right? We know. How, how long did the new converts in the, in the first church have to be pre- prepare themselves before they went out and started winning souls. How long? A week? A month? We don't know. We can guess. <laughs> the way I read the book of Acts is they pretty much went right out. Breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as we're being saved. So they were brand new converts going to their friends and neighbors and people at the, 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 the shop and the store and everywhere else. And they were taking this gospel. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a Bible study chart. But they knew what they had just experienced. And that was all they needed. They didn't, need, they didn't have to take them to Scripture and say that because everybody in that day knew about all this stuff that happened. You know, Word of mouth, news travels, right? Some news travels faster, (laughs) right? And so God did his part in our life, but we had a part to do. Did he save us? Did he make us new creatures in Christ? Can anybody attest to that? Seriously. I, I... Something happened. Did something happen to you? Something changed. Something's different. 
Even your family knew something was different. Some of mine thought I was in a cult. At first, they know better now. They kind of like the new Vince. They, they do. They don't under, They still can't understand me all the way, but I'm like, I don't even understand it either fully. But I know there's whatever he did to me, I like it, and I don't want to go away from it. It did, did something to me, in me, through me, for his glory. And so it's not up to me, it's not for me to just take that and keep it, is it? I got my salvation, you get your own. Right? Are we supposed to do that? If God wants to save you, he's going to have to get a hold of you. Right? What does that scripture say? No man comes to him except he draws them. Well, how does he do that? These are, done, these are questions that I ask about Scripture that maybe you don't think about. How does he draw them? No man comes to him except he, he draws them, right? How does he do that? Does he individually go down to each person? Does he bypass you and you and you and you? No. He, that's what we're here for. That's the first church I was just talking about it. How did the how was the, the church grow back in that day? Those people took this their testimony and they carried it everywhere. To whomsoever will, right? Some some wanted to hear it, some didn't. Some were baptized on that day, some were filled with the Holy Ghost, some weren't. They all had an equal opportunity at it. Some turned away, others said, I want that. What must I do to be saved? Right? So we've got our part to do. We've got to operate and function and live as that new creature he's made us to be. Right? It's exciting. It is. Isn't it? You, you can say, if it's not, you, I don't know. Maybe you need a refilling or something. But it, it's exciting. It's cool when you know that when you walk in a room... There's something different, and people don't know what it is. They can't, they can't put their finger on it. But you're walking in that room with that Holy Ghost, and they don't know what. They, they don't understand what they're feeling. People that a minute ago were cussing are saying, uh, uh, they're thinking up other words to say because they don't understand why they're doing that. But we're carrying his spirit around with us now. Right? That's awesome. What does that scripture in the Bible say? Freely? What? What does it say? Freely we have received what? We've received what freely? The salvation. We didn't do anything to deserve it. Right? All we did was say, yes, I want this salvation. What do I need to do? Day of Pentecost. What do I need to do? What must I do to be saved? We came to a point where God had to give us revelation because up to that very moment, we were like, yeah, whatever. Bunch of religious freaks or whatever, right? We were thinking that. Maybe you weren't, but I was. Okay? I'll use me as the example. But when I got to that point where it was like that just he gave me just enough revelation to make me hungry enough to want it. And man, when I got on the other side of that, 
And there's no going back. What is there to go back to? I want my family and friends and, and people I work with, I want them to know what this is. And people today, they want you to explain everything. Well, you can't. You're just going to have to experience it for yourself. Isn't that what they told us? How many knew how to receive the Holy Ghost when the first when they went to pray? Nope. I didn't either, Nikki. I didn't. Some people were telling me what to do, but even then it was like, but it, God in his mercy, he looked beyond all my faults and all my stuff, and he saw my need. And he saved me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Awesome. Right? First Corinthians 2. Verse 6 to 14. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 14. I'm going to try to wrap it up here in just a few minutes. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 14. Are we getting there? 1 <laughs> Corinthians 2, 6 through 14. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Next verse. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now this is to the Corinthian church. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. It's God's wisdom. He hides it. He reveals it when he wants to, right? Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, if, had God revealed it to them, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the hearts, heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We'll stop right there. When your eyes were opened as a new convert, you began to see things that you never saw before. And that, does that continue to this day? It sure does. It sure does. I got a question for you. Why did Paul, the apostle, I mean, everybody's read their Bible, right? So why did Paul, the apostle, receive that thorn in the flesh, that messenger of Satan to buffet him? Why? What was that? That was there for a reason. It was sent to him, the Bible says. <laughs> like, if I send you a gift, it sends you something. It's like he got a gift from God. Here, here's a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet you. Why? 
that you might not be lifted up above measure. I don't know if that's the exact quote, but that's what it was for. Because of the revelation that God was giving him, the, the, the depth of the things that God was showing him, God had to make sure that he would stay saved and not get the big head like Brother Richard just said. Because that God didn't God deliver Paul from that? Thinking he was all that because he was a Pharisee and he was all self-righteous and everything. He didn't, God didn't want Paul going back to that, so he gave him something in his life to help keep him humble with all of this depth of revelation that he was going to give him because he was going to pass that on to the people. So have there been preachers in our, not in our day right now, but in the last 70, 80 years that have gotten revelation and letting it go on to their head and started saying it was them doing it? Televangelists and all kinds of people like that. They, they kind of got it. It kind of got away from them. They forgot where they got that from. So that's what that's what happened with Paul. And so, as God gives us revelation, does it make sense? He's going to do that for us. Allow trials and things to come into our life to help keep us humble, right? We sang that song tonight. If this robe of flesh that I wear, if it makes me falter. It's probably when it makes me falter, right? I think that's what the word said, because it's going to, right? Does our does our human fleshly nature go away when we get saved, get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost? Does he take away our nature, our, our sin nature? He doesn't. He just gives us a new nature. Paul even talks about that that wrestling that's going on between the flesh and the spirit, right? So I have to decide, hey, the spirit's in charge in my life. I'm not going to let the flesh be in control, right? God's spirit leads me. That's why I need to pray every day. And not just once, but I need to pray all day. I need to stay prayed up in in this day and age. Because there's some spirits out there. And it's very subtle. And it'll just creep right in this building and right among this people. Right? The Bible talks about people like that creeping in unawares, right? we got to be aware. How, how else to stay aware than to stay connected to his spirit? He's going to lead us and guide us into all truth. He's going to show us what's error and what's truth. Right? So we got this two-part baptism, right? Baptism by water, as Jesus told Nicodemus, and baptism by the Spirit. And we got something that's awesome. And should we be doing what the, the first church did after the day of Pentecost? Right? We should be telling everybody we can tell. Each one of us has a field. We do. Where do you work? That's your field. All right? (laughs) Where do you live? That's your field. You talking about your neighbors? Yeah. 
Yeah, it might take a while. There's there's this guy that's that I work with that's comes in and cleans our office. And it's been a, a gradual process, but he I can tell that kind of the walls are coming down. He's a lot more easy to talk with and he'll stop and talk and make eye contact and and I just treat him like like I treat this man with respect. And he feels that. And he feels something when he comes in my space to get my garbage can. He feels that. He doesn't maybe he doesn't know what it is, but he feels that. And I make sure and I love him. Because I don't know where that's going to go, but I'm going to continue to love on that guy until one day I'm going to have we're going to stand in that hallway of that place and I'm going to have a discussion with him. And he might not come to this church, but he's going to a church somewhere. Right? And who knows? If the Lord leads, I'll lay hands on him right there in the middle of the hallway. What are they going to do? Fire me? Probably not. Right? So we got to take this thing that we have. We got to take it to this world. And I got a lot more here, but I'm I just feel like God just wants me to kind of end it with that. Like I said earlier, we're you know, we're rehashing something we already know. Right? And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Reinforcing it. They they taught us stuff, and I know Brother Parker and I refer to this stuff all the time, but they taught us stuff over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Every Wednesday we had training over the same stuff every Wednesday. The same stuff, right? Common task training. You had to know how to splint a fracture. You had to know how to do this. You had to know how to put your mask on like he was talking about the other day. You had to know how to how to take your weapon apart and clean it and put it back together. You had to know all this stuff. And it was like, <laughs> it was like a kid sitting in math class in school. Everybody knows where I'm going with this, right? What do they say? Why do I need this? When am I ever going <laughs> to use algebra? Right? <laughs> Anybody done that? <laughs> right? When am I? Why do I need to know U.S. history? Why do I need to know world history? That was the most boring classes when I was in school. Who cares about all these statistics and details? But I learned later that those that don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. And I've seen that for myself. So there's a principle there. So it might not seem like it's necessary right now, but we need to, we need this stuff repeated if for no other reason to to stir us up to say, hey, we got the best thing going on, man, don't we? Was there anything better than this before you came to to God? Well, you thought there was. 
right? You thought you had it all till you came to Jesus, right? And it just, can it get any better than this? Can it? Sure it can. It can get better. More revelation, more understanding, the deeper things of God. I don't want to be sitting in a boat and looking at the the depth of my revelation as the top of the water that I can see for miles and miles. I want to go down. I want to do some scuba diving in Jesus, right? I want to get down there with my snorkel and see some deep stuff. Got to depend on God, right? Can't do it without him. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and grace and mercy tonight.